love, social convention, gender roles, and religion. Charlotte Bronte's most famous novel challenges ideas on all these topics, and we are here to discuss it. I'm Charlene. And I'm Mike. And this is Jane Eyre Files. Chapter 37 Her I Love Best Hello, husband. Hello, my living darling. That's so sweet. Well, this is a very sweet chapter. It is. The penultimate chapter. It's the actual penultimate chapter. Actual penultimate chapter. Finally. We're getting close. Yeah. Toward the end. And what a chapter, right? Wow. It's a great one. Yeah. It was, I got, I found myself getting emotional. You you don't think about that when you read a book. I guess I don't think about that when I read a book. (laughs) But we talked about it on this show before, and I'm sure it'll come up as we talk on this episode, that I see so many parallels between our relationship and theirs. In the sense that I kind of get some of the, um, not inspiration, but I, I kind of see... Is it the same emotional connection? Well, I just, you know, without sounding too, too self-deprecating, I, you know, I kind of find myself, you know, as I was getting older, wondering, like, who am I, who's going to find me? Where mm. am I going to find love? And, yeah. And I did, and you, and you found me, and the way that you feel about me seems to sort of echo the way that Jane feels about Rochester oh, sometimes. Well, that's very true. And I feel the same way. That Rochester feels about Jane, I feel the same way about you. Yeah. Oh, this chapter is just so sweet. I, yeah. Before, but before we get into it, before we get into talking about Jane Eyre, mm-hmm. I, how about we talk about talking about Jane Eyre? <laughs> how like about you, me talking about Jane Eyre? Like you just did on a podcast. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to share with our listeners that I was a guest on a new podcast called Care So Much, which is hosted by Lillian, who is also the co-host of a Jane Eyre-related podcast that we talked about before called air buds air buds i I wish it was about the movie air bud that's what it should have been about but (laughs) maybe eventually who knows yes but yeah so uh, lillian had me on to talk about something that i care so much about which is jane Eyre, Eyre. and she just she was it was a great conversation where we just kind of went over everything that i love about it and why i love it so much so if you're interested it's on all your regular podcast platforms on um instagram and other social media it's care so much pod and please enjoy. Yeah. In case you didn't already know, Charlene likes talking about Jane Eyre. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I do I do obsess over it just a tiny bit, as mm. our listeners may recognize. Yeah. And I, we joked about it, but we, you were talking to Jane Eyre about me on our first date. I mean, it's, not immediately. Just, no. just so we put that out there. <laughs> no, no. But it was you, were, you, you even asked me, have you read it? You read it? And I'm like, <laughs> sadly, no. That would change a few months later, but yeah. Right. And then yes. now I got a chance to read it again. So... Here we are. Penultimate chapter. Charlene, hit us with the Spark Notes summary. Chapter 37. Jane goes to Ferndean. From a distance, she sees Rochester reach a hand out of the door, testing for rain. His body looks the same, but his face is desperate and disconsolate. Rochester returns inside, and Jane approaches the house. She knocks, and Mary answers the door. Inside, Jane carries a tray to Rochester, who is unable to see her. When he realizes that Jane is in the room with him, he thinks she must be a ghost or spirit speaking to him. When he catches her hand, he takes her in his arms, and she promises never to leave him. The next morning, they walk through the woods, and Jane tells Rochester about her experiences the previous year. She has to assure him that she is not in love with St. John. He asks her again to marry him, and she says yes. They are now free from the specter of Bertha Mason. 
Rochester tells Jane that a few nights earlier, in a moment of desperation, he called out her name and thought he heard her answer. She does not wish to upset him or excite him in his fragile condition, and so she does not tell him about hearing his voice at Moore House. So I wonder how long it took Charlotte to craft this chapter, because it is absolutely perfect. Perfect. Right? The reunion yes. just hits all the right notes. You know, I'm in my feels, and I'm so happy to have Rochester and Jane back together. Yeah, you know, and I read this chapter yesterday afternoon, and I know we had, to, I was kind of wanted to hurry up and get this episode recorded, and, but yeah, I found myself just really consumed by mm. it. Yeah. You know, I know it was a long chapter, but it, it just flew by. Yeah. And I, I, I wanted more of it. And it was one, one of the first, I shouldn't say it like that. There's 37 chapters so far. But one of the first <laughs> chapters where I was just disappointed that it was already over. Oh. <laughs> Even though it does, in a way, it does kind of drag on a little bit. Like there's mm-hmm. a certain point where like, okay, they're back together. Now what's what's going to happen? But Now we have banter and teasing. Yeah, can't exactly. Have, can't have too much of that. But it's definitely, it's it's such a heartwarming read. You know, and unfortunately, the, you know, the reunion may not be under the best circumstances, mm. but it's still really charming. It really yeah. is. I I completely agree. I just yeah. I just love this chapter so much. Wow. And what's funny was before we started recording, I, I went back and listened to our previous episode. And I mentioned in that episode when she's going back to Thornfield, I talk about how I always use the word vivid to describe the way that Charlotte has these descriptions of the Jane's travels. Mm-hmm. And... um same thing happens with this one. So just, just like when she went to Thornfield, now when she goes to Ferndean, we get these really long, drawn-out passages of her getting there. And yeah, so yeah. I feel she like does she... take her time describing like how secluded Ferndean is, mm-hmm. and it's just covered in a wood and very like kind of damp and depressing, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you know, Jane's going to uh, bring bring light to that place. <laughs> well, yeah, she does a great job of kind of making the reader full of anticipation. Yes, because you got to imagine that's what Jane's going through as well, right? And oh, yes. So I, I, that's. You know, I joke about there's some, sometimes I give Charlotte demerits when I'm reading this, but many, many more times I give her credit for just amazing choices. As you should. And this is, this is one of those great choices that she made where she just, it's not like she just pulls up in Ferndean, you know, she really <laughs> kind of draws it out and, okay, well now what? Oh, right, she's yeah. Just, she's only it's at just, the edge of the property. It really has to hit all these different tones. You have to feel what Jane's feeling. Like you said, the anticipation is, is important for you to feel. Mm-hmm. And also, the, you know, the, the fact that Jane doesn't immediately tell tell Rochester that she's there. You get that yeah. delightful sense of anticipation that, okay, Rochester's going to figure it out soon. You know, Pilot figures it out before Rochester does. It mm-hmm. is just, it's so much fun. And it's so satisfying and sweet. Oh, for sure. You know, as, as I'm reading it, you know, I'm a little shocked that he doesn't recognize your voice. Or I was going to ask you, do you, do you, you think he's dreaming, right? Is that why he doesn't? I think so. I think it's more that yeah, he he just he thinks he thinks he's imagining things, mm-hmm. and he can't you, he can't believe it because uh, I think a little bit later he does think maybe she's dead, right? That he can't find her, so maybe she's she's passed or something. Okay. So yeah, obviously he's not in the right state of mind. Yeah, he does seem a little confused right mm-hmm. and I, there, I love but there is a great point especially from a dramatic standpoint as you're as you're reading through this book where um he says you know is it jane and this is her shape and this is her size and then she mm-hmm. answers and this is her voice yeah just that's so great it's so it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's such a great moment but yeah but but then i, I was going to mention it later but i guess i'll mention it t- now there's a weird mix of emotions in this chapter because yeah they are back together but then Rochester's still not fully there, right? He seems like he's still, what, what was that word they used, disconsolate? Oh, yeah, yeah. That melancholy just pervades this chapter because he's had a hard time living without Jane. 
And, you know, when I read this chapter, I think, how can anyone think he is a bad person when he loves Jane so deeply and her losses cause him so much grief? I'd have to put that in there again. Oh, okay. Well, in yeah. defense of Rochester. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I again, I just listened to the last episode and we were talking about how when Bertha dies, you found yourself kind of revisiting some of the some of his actions when she was still alive and you felt it was a little irresponsible. Mm. But then now you read this chapter and you're like, oh, <laughs> I can't be mad at you. You know, it is... It is sad to see him in this state, you know, and I was going to ask you, what do you think must be going through Jane's mind? You know, at first she sees him from afar when she's outside and then when she gets goes up close to see his injuries and also some of the way that he behaves, he just seems very sullen. I, I wonder, it's supposed to be this great reunion, how I wonder, she's supposed to be so excited to see him, but yet oh, that must be tearing at her. Like she's disappointed that he's so broken down or he's not quite the same man that she left yeah yeah i mean maybe the the she's the shock gonna wear off at some point uh i mean there's probably a little bit of shock but i think ultimately she still feels the same way for him you know Mm -hmm. nothing has really changed in that sense so you know she's only thinking well you know she knows him so well so she knows that this is kind of where he would be at just depressed especially after losing his sight and a hand and his jane and his jane it's like it's all piled on him he must feel terrible and jane's just there she really wants to cheer him up and she wants to love him Mm -hmm. you know by teasing him (laughs) well i do love that we get that we get to see that side of jane more in this chapter than i think we've seen in any other chapter before there's that part in chapter 25 like right when they're they're engaged um and mr rochester uh says to jane Look wicked, Jane, as you know well how to look. Coin one of your wild, shy, provoking smiles. Tell me you hate me. Tease me. Vex me. Do anything but move me. I would rather be incensed than saddened. And you really feel that this is that that section, that way that Mr. Rochester describes Jane is what you really start to see in this chapter. Nice callback. Yeah. I mean, I I always like that passage, too. But yeah, Jane is, is very teasing and playful with him. And she's clearly very happy. And that was a word that I had in my notes as well, was playful. You mm-hmm. know, it's wonderful to see Jane being so playful, very sarcastic with him, mm-hmm. too, you know, since he seems to be acting, you know, overdramatically. Mm-hmm. At least that's the way that I read it. Now, maybe he is, like I said, he has this affliction and maybe he just feels terrible about himself, but he yeah. does kind of go a little bit over the top, you know. And I feel like sometimes when people are acting like that, you kind of have to treat the situation with humor, mm-hmm. you know. And I was going to ask you, well... When I was in college, when I took psychology classes, there was a term that I, I learned, and this definitely plays for Mr. Rochester in this chapter, which is histrionic, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very sort of overdramatic. But I was also going to ask you, do you think he's being childish in any way, or do you really think he is just like, woe is me, I can't ever be uh, happy again, because it's like, Jane, Jane's back, What's I don't get it. Well, you know, he's it's hard for him to believe that he's he's had these, as he said, dreams before where she was with him and then he wakes up and she's gone. So he just doesn't know. And she left him before. Maybe she'll leave him again. You know, it's really, I think it's been a hard year for Mr. Rochester. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. not going to be easy for him just to bounce back. Okay. But I also like that Jane knows how to bring him back with the humor and the teasing mm-hmm. and making fun of him. <laughs> maybe we, maybe as a reader, we just want this reunion to happen so badly. We just assume everything's going to be perfect. 
But you have to realize oh, that there are some emotional um, that's interesting. entanglements that he's dealing with. Interesting and, to know that it's not perfect, you know? Well, at least for him, right? Yeah. Because... I mean, I'm probably not ideal for Jane. It's not what she would have wanted, but... Well, sure, but they're back together. Yes. And I think, you know, again, as you're reading it, you're like, awesome, they're back together, the, the end of the book. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, wait a minute, no, no, he's still coming to grips with this. And yeah, I, I like and that. and it takes time. Yeah. No, don't believe me. I've touched you and heard you. I cannot give up these joys. I will stay. I have said so. To be my nurse? You're young. You must marry someday. I do not care about being married. You should care, Janet. If I were as I once was, I'd try and make you care. But a sightless block. I took fresh courage, seeing now where the difficulty lay. Time someone undertook to rehumanize you. You look like Nebuchadnezzar in the fields. Your hair reminds me of eagle's feathers. Whether your nails have grown like birds' claws, I have not yet noticed. On this arm, I have neither hand nor nails, a mere stump. It is a pity to see it. A pity to see your eyes and the scar on your forehead. the worst of it is one is in danger of making too much of you and loving you too well for all that. Well, I I also wanted to mention, you know, Jane just converses with ease with Rochester because they're so well matched. Oh, yeah. You know, this is the perfect relationship for her. And I wanted to quote something that she says in this chapter where she says, My spirits were excited, and with pleasure and ease I talked to him during supper and for a long time after. There was no harassing restraint, no repressing of glee and vivacity with him. And I wanted to say that I feel like that directly references how she had to act with Sinjin, mm-hmm. where she had to repress sort of that vivacity of hers because Sinjin didn't really care for that. And with Rochester, it's just completely different. She's so happy. And I, you know, I really appreciate that about Mr. Rochester in, you know, when you're comparing it to Sinjin. Sinjin. Yeah. And like I said, the... Rochester must have played the reunion over and over in his mind. And I can imagine that Jane must have done the same thing. Mm. And now that it's finally happened, I get, I'm under, I think she's probably feeling relief. You know, she can finally oh. be herself. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it, it's happened. You know, it's probably not, I mean, it's not exactly like it, like it was, like it happened in her head. Yeah. You know, he probably, and, it, and it could have been different too, because maybe Bertha would have still been alive and then Jane would have had to leave. Oh yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. So I wonder if, if, because there's no, in, there's nothing in the way and, and mm-hmm. you know, now she can just kind of just revel in the fact that they're back together and yeah. doesn't have to, doesn't have to, there's no pressure, no societal pressures on her, no pressures from the <laughs> housekeeping staff, you know, yeah, she yeah. can just sort of hang out with them. So then, you know, another reason why I feel like this chapter just feels so perfect pitch-wise where you you have a counterpoint to how Rochester used Blanche to make Jane jealous, which didn't mm. seem to work as well for Rochester because Jane didn't express any sort of jealousy to Rochester. But Jane uses her relationship with her cousin Sinjin to make Mr. Rochester jealous, mm-hmm. and Rochester shows that jealousy very well. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind of funny, actually, because it, I feel like it's so out of character. Yeah? Because he's such a confident man. Oh. It seems like. Well, yeah. That's, that's show how he's changed a bit, probably. Yeah. He's, he's got money, and he has some influence or whatever, and but yet here he's just so insecure in oh. that regard. And I do love that moment where right after Jane mentions how handsome Sinjin is, mm-hmm. it's, it says in the book, 
uh, as an aside to himself, Rochester says, damn him. <laughs> and it's just like, because I could see him doing that. Yes. Um, and I was going to say, yeah, did you enjoy how uh, Jane gave him a taste of his own medicine? Oh, absolutely. I feel like Rochester deserves it. And Jane is, is going to have fun with it, too. So it's, and, it, oh. and it helps, like Jane says, helps Rochester maybe consider less of his terrible depression, you know, mm-hmm. just to think about. Well, I don't know how much help, how helpful that is if he's thinking about Jane le- leaving him, but you know, Jane Jane makes it work. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like I said, there is a bit of um, uh, a comeuppance aspect yes. of it too, right? The last chapter we talked about how, like, maybe perhaps some Victorian viewers needed to see him become injured in a way for his impure thoughts or for trying to have a second wife, mm-hmm. and so now he's. You know, now he's when Jane does come back to him, he's still getting a little bit of a ribbing. Yeah, you know, it's like he's, it's not all sweetness. Yeah, he does get a little bit of his what he's what he deserves in that regard. Yeah, and yes, in that vein, I feel like now it's clear Jane has the power now. Mm-hmm. You know, because they are more truly equals. Rochester is not just the giver and protector, as mm-hmm. Jane says. Sure, they have more financial equality. And Jane has experienced a little more of life. Mm-hmm. So they are, it's it's a better relationship all around for her. Yeah. She's she's wise beyond her years now. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the age difference doesn't seem too drastic anymore. I mean, it's still there. They're clearly still 20 years apart. Yeah. But she seems like she's grown so much during her time with the Rivers family. Yeah. Plus, the employer-employee dynamic is also gone. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, you I know, guess so. I mean, it, I guess it's, she still uh, calls him sir sometimes, but you know, there there is that level of you know they've they've been through a lot, so they they now they're two people who can comfort each other in in this uh, in this sad world. Oh uh, well, yeah, and I'm sure that she probably assumed that their if the reunion if, it, if they would have been able to stay together forever, it would have been at Thornfield. But maybe there's a part of me that thinks. Maybe it's the best that they're not there. They need to start fresh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah not, not, for that, sure. not that specter of what's on the third floor. Yeah, or all those he, memories. Or if he kept the staff on, oh, you yeah. know, then they, it would they be would like, have been oh. gossiping. Yeah, yeah. So now he has a chance with it, with a fresh place, whether it be Ferndine or if they were to go elsewhere. You know? Yeah, yeah. Rebuild, rebuild Thornfield, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So towards the end of this chapter, we get Rochester's account of hearing Jane across the moors, which. I think is a wonderful, like eerie moment. That's just proof of their connection and true love. It's so romantic. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I like how, I like how she doesn't tell him that she heard him. You know, we oh, mentioned yeah. that at the, in the spark notes. You know, I, I guess it would have been so easy for her to say, you know, I heard you, but I can respect that she wanted him to not believe it was supernatural. Mm. You know, and at the same, because it would have been too much for him. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I, I, th- I thought it's kind of interesting that like. You know, she doesn't want him to believe in some, like a higher power or higher being. But at the same time, did you notice how Rochester seems to be a lot more religious? Oh, yes. You know, you know I think that's that's an important point to make, too, because that's also another way that Rochester is kind of redeemed towards the end. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's, he's, you know, when he proposed to Jane, he kind of is kind of thumbing his nose to God where he's like, I'm going to I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to hold her and I'm going to keep her. And, you know whatever i don't care what god thinks anymore Mm -hmm. and we have this reversal you know that and this is another way that jane and rochester can be together is that rochester accepts that god has had a hand in what's happened to him and he has deserved it and he's you know now that he's praying more and stuff it's it's again a more equal relationship because they're both um 
following God in in a way that Rochester wasn't before. Mm. Yeah, and they're different people. And the it kind of brings up a good point, which is when I was reading the chapter, I, I asked myself, like, what would have happened if she would have married him in chapter 26? Oh, and Rochester was not married prior? Yeah, like, I mean, I, or even if he was, like, I mean, I guess it's a two-part question for you. What if she would have went through with it? Mm-hmm. Because now you find yourself kind of... But Rochester kind of points it out, like maybe she should have reconsidered her departure from Thornfield. And I kind of wonder, Mm. could she have made it work? And also, you know, what if it wasn't, what if there was no Bertha back then? Would it have worked as well? Oh, I mean, those are, there's two different, you know, interesting conundrums of like, you know, I think Jane at some point, you know, while she's at the river, she kind of comments on what if she had married Rochester anyways, or been his mistress, and she would have been like delusionally happy but then also just really disappointed in herself and I think just sad about the the way that she's living. Yeah. And if Rochester had never been married and was free to marry Jane when he had first proposed to her, now I wonder if maybe Jane would have butted heads more with Rochester because of how he showered gifts on her and wanted to make her into a grand lady where she mm. she needed to have her own money to feel more equal to Rochester and not lose her independence. Yeah, I feel like her departure really gave him a chance to reflect on what he had mm-hmm. and what he might have done to like scare her off. Like you said, if he was coming on too strong and wanted to shower her with all this stuff. You know, his plans for her seemed to be more in line with his interest rather than a, like a joint decision. You know, maybe he was so bewildered in love mm-hmm. that it amplified some of these flaws and Jane leaving kind of humbled him. Yeah, that's very true. I think, you know, Rochester is also changed by this experience. He's a little less arrogant. You know, he's a little bit more concerned with how Jane's feeling or what she wants. So definitely, I think that it, you know, it just, Charlotte knew, you know, as she was writing this, it was all going to work out in the end. It worked out the best way it could Mm -hmm. after Bertha dies. Well, yeah, that impediment, which I still think, who knows, they might have been able to make it work. With the with the impediment, if she was because they just we we as we've discovered with this chapter, their love for each other was so strong. That Maybe just wait for divorce laws to be passed. <laughs> something, right? Yeah, I, I think they could have. It would have been. It would have been an odd arrangement, obviously. Oh yeah. But I think they. I think they would have made it work. It would have. I think uh, they, it wouldn't I think have been the best situation. Yeah, they would have been happy to be together, and then but, yeah, and then yeah. whether whether it's blasphemy or whatnot, but right. I mean, yeah, obviously, either way is not ideal because now you have Rochester with his unfortunate infirmities, Mm -hmm. but they are better matched now. And I feel like he really needs Jane, just like she needs him. Mm -hmm. And again, equal. Yeah, great point. It's it's funny what a difference a year makes. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they're much more suited for each other now. You know, it's great to see how... Rochester hated to be waited on by his servants, but mm-hmm. fully welcomes Jane. Oh, it, right? wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, I guess that's, that's sweet in my mind, but other people might be like, wow, that's kind of rude. You know what? You want to force Jane to take care of you? <laughs> not force because she seems to be happy to do. Yes, it. absolutely. But yeah, I, could, I feel like we mentioned that Jane grew a lot in that year and I think Rochester did too. You know? Yeah. And you know, it's, you know, the, the, the main theme of this book, which is passion versus reason. Mm-hmm. Like we come back again to Rochester becoming more religious. He's becoming more, he's, he's less driven by his passions. He's, he's more becoming more reasonable mm-hmm. in the fact that he's acknowledging God and religion and all this uh, in this book. So, you know, Jane had to balance passion and reason in her life. And Rochester also had to do that for them mm-hmm. to become, you know, a better unit together. Yeah. And to have that happy ending. 
There's a reason that they always say you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> right? And that's in the ha- that happened clearly because if if there was no there's that word again impediment. Who knows? What, yeah, would it have been this storybook romance? Yeah, I think having that having Jane go through what she went through, mm-hmm. well, I, you know, with the Riverses and stuff, and then having unfortunately having Rochester go through what he went through, mm-hmm. it just makes their relationship that much stronger when they reunite. Absolutely. Yeah. What do we have for uh, interesting context of this penultimate chapter? Well, there are, are a lot of like references to different Bible quotes and things. A lot of Bible quotes. In this yes. One, yeah. But I really wanted to focus in on a passage where, you know, Jane and Rochester, they're, they're going to get married soon. And Rochester says, Jane suits me. Do I suit her? And Jane says, to the finest fiber of my nature, sir. Hmm. And I, I love that line because it's actually a quote from Charlotte's father, Patrick Bronte. Really? Because he also wrote, he stopped writing after his wife's death in 1821, but he was the author of four books, three pamphlets, and two published sermons. Mm. And of his books, two were in verse and two were prose. So they were called Cottage Poems, published in 1811, The Rural Minstrel in 1812, uh, which was the year of his marriage, and The Cottage in the Wood in 1815, and The Maid of Killarney in 1818. So the finest to the finest fiber of my nature is actually a quote from one of his books. Really? Unfortunately, I cannot find which book that is. You're just gonna have to get those books. I guess I think they're a little bit hard to find too. But no? yeah, there's no PDF of them. Somebody <laughs> scanned somewhere. I'll keep looking. Well, to wrap up, what is your most meaningful passage or quote from chapter 37, Charlene? Well, there are, are a lot of quotable parts. Many, many, and it's very difficult to choose one, but I've done it. And this is a very romantic way of Mr. Rochester expressing his feelings for having Jane back in his life. So he says, when Jane comes down to breakfast, Oh, you are indeed there, my Skylark. Come to me. You are not gone and vanished. I heard one of your kind an hour ago singing high over the wood, but its song had no music for me any more than the rising sun had rays. All the melody on earth is concentrated in my Jane's tongue to my ear. I'm glad it is not naturally a silent one. All the sunshine I can feel is in her presence. Wow. Right? It's so beautiful. I I mean, Jane just has to melt at those words. He's getting romantic. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. She's the romantic one, I thought. Oh, no, no, no. Rochester's, he's such a softy, isn't he? (laughs) Yeah. And again, you know, again, we're repeating ourselves, but it's a very romantic chapter. And now all these feelings are coming back to him now that Jane seems to be in there if she exists mm-hmm. or not, he's and it, totally and, getting caught up in the moment, right? Yeah. And I guess it's also a little bit the fact of the fact that you know Rochester is blind, and he feels like he's he can't do as much anymore. And Jane, he's just relying on Jane so much mm-hmm. to kind of bring that life to him, which I I just love. Yeah, I mean, we see it. We saw it a little bit after the proposal and stuff like that. There was mm-hmm. a few brief chapters in there, but yeah, he just he's definitely so much more romantic it's, it's so much more of a, a softy you know I, I remember there was a part where where she says can you see me and he says you know no no my fairy but i'm only too thankful to hear and feel you mm-hmm. you know yeah you know? oh that guy all that right guy. what what's the the romantic lines that you picked as your favorite passage from this chapter as i mentioned very romantic chapter but on the other hand i chose a quote from jane being mm-hmm. really romantic okay and it begins with a line from mr rochester where he says 
and you will stay with me. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says, and you will stay with me. No, is that okay? Did he? Oh, yeah. Well, no, sorry, sorry. He says, and you will stay with me. <laughs> no, no. Okay, I believe he said, you will stay with me. <laughs> or, or was it the point where he said, and you will stay with me. No, was it that part? Okay, no. Okay, I'm sorry, Simon. Seriously, he says, and you will stay with me. And she responds, certainly, unless you object, I will be your neighbor, your nurse, your housekeeper. I find you lonely. I will be your companion to read to you, to walk with you, to sit with you, to wait on you, to be eyes and hands to you. Cease to look so melancholy, my dear master. You shall not be left desolate so long as I live. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a beautiful passage. Like I said. It's... And thank you for the retrospective of voices. Yeah, I kind of had to bring them all back. I think I may have <laughs> forgotten one in there. Neil Diamond, maybe. But, um, yeah, who knew Charlotte was this romantic, right? Oh, uh, I think we all knew I, that. I, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. You know, I, I feel like th- that whole passage, it, it's a great encapsulation of not only Jane's feelings, you know, since she mm-hmm. left, but it also kind of summarizes the entire book. You know, you you mentioned passion versus reason, but I mean, there's this notion of like, I loved you, but then I had to leave you Mm -hmm. and now I'll never leave you. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, they're a perfect match. They need each other. And the readers are so glad that they have each other. You know, all the other distractions are gone. I was looking back, you know, the Reeds, Brocklehurst and Lowood, (laughs) Blanche, Bertha, Sinjin, all of them are gone. And after all the adversity that Jane has faced, you know, she deserves this life and this ending and, absolutely and, yeah. yeah that's the whole arc of the book you know we have one more chapter that kind of wraps things up for us but i feel like this could have been the end you know this, yeah. you, you have a famous line starting the next chapter but charlotte could have ended it here yeah i'm wondering i'm wondering how many times J.R. tolkien read jane Eyre because it's got a total lord oh, of the rings no. ending where there's just like <laughs> is it over no it's not over no is it over no it's not over but well, I'm glad it's not over. We still have one more chapter here. Yeah, I can't believe we, we're, we've come to the end, and, and I'm gonna be, it's going to be a little sad to see it go, but uh, all yeah. good things must come to an end. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. This really helps us grow and reach new listeners. If you want to talk Jane Eyre with me online, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at airguide. That's E-Y-R-E. And if you want to hear more from me, I host my own podcast called Out of Touchstone, where my good friend Chad and I discuss all the films that Disney produced for their Touchstone Pictures label. You can also find me on Twitter at Mike DeKalb. Thank you and farewell for the present.